Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. This episode is brought to you by Budai Media. At Budai Media, we help e-commerce businesses scale beyond eight and nine figure annual revenue with retention marketing and website conversion rate optimization. We help e-commerce businesses get to the next level by increasing their customer lifetime value and website conversion rate. Budai Media helped 100 plus e-commerce stores grow from all over the world in the last three years. If you think you need help with scaling your e-commerce business, let's connect. Email us your questions at contact at thebudaimedia.com. If you want to learn more about this topic or find out more details, go to thebudaimedia.com. Let me spell Budai to make it easier for you. B-U-D-A-I. So again, go to thebudaimedia.com to learn more. Hello, everyone. So I'm happy if you are watching the live stream or you are uh, watching this as a YouTube video or uh, maybe as a podcast. Basically, uh, this is the recording, the live stream recording of the second master show. And uh, I'm Daniel Budai, CEO of Budai Media. And uh, this show is sponsored by my agency. And basically, we help e-commerce companies scale with uh, website conversion rate optimization and retention marketing. And today, we are having a few exciting topics and uh, let's jump into it. So the purpose of this recording is nothing else than creating enough content for our channels, YouTube, podcast, social media, blog. And uh, if you are following this uh, live stream recording, I'm quite happy for that. So in the first uh, 15 minutes, I will talk about uh, three trends happening uh, already, but uh, they will be bigger next year in 2022. Um, and the first one, so let's jump into it. The first trend that I can definitely see, it's been happening for two, three years at least. And in my opinion, it will get bigger next year and after. So subscriptions. And it's so interesting because subscriptions are already huge in uh, software. So SaaS companies, they make... A uh, ton of money. I'm sure you know if you just look at Nasdaq or any uh, stock markets, you can see the market caps of these companies. So SaaS is huge and subscription works well. But for some reason, in the e-commerce world, it's still less less relevant than in other businesses. Maybe because of uh, maybe because of uh, fulfillment or because it's uh, you know physical products. I don't know why, but it's still not huge, and uh, but it's growing fast. So um, just one quick data by uh, Parsa Sal Yushia, I think that's, his, uh, that's the pronunciation, who is the VP of Whoop. And uh, as he said, 65% of the average customer retention rate of uh, subscription-based e-commerce businesses 65 percent customer retention rate i think that's amazing and not many e-commerce businesses who are not subscription based can uh, say that they have 65 percent 
customer retention rate. So what are the benefits besides high customer retention? If you have this model, number one, you will learn a lot more about your customers than you would do it uh, without your without subscriptions. Uh, and because of that, you can personalize things much better and you can also have customized offers for your customers. Number two, since you know them well, you know their uh, history with your brand and their purchase behaviors. You can come up with some really solid offers. You can have free shipping. You can come up with VIP offers. You can come up with better incentives than non-subscription-based e-commerce businesses. Uh, also, you can create bundles for them based on their uh, history. And nowadays, we have very smart software tools such as Octane AI or Klaviyo. And these tools, they really track your customers and they help you uh, come up with new ideas based on fresh data. Uh, also, there is one more uh, psychological thing about subscriptions that I really like, which is the stickiness of the customer. So very simple example, um, Netflix or Spotify, probably you have one of them. Uh, you are a subscriber to one of them. And even when you don't listen to Spotify for one or two months, or you don't watch Netflix for a few months, you won't stop the subscription because you know, it's just, you, you know, many people, they are just lazy to stop the subscription and the price is not that high that they, you know, that it's a pain for them. For example, personal uh, experience. I didn't watch Netflix for six months because I had a really busy period in my life. And then what? Nothing happened. I just, I just kept paying for Netflix because I think it's around 10 bucks or something like that, even less. And uh, I was fine with that, you know, I still paid the money to them. And uh, I think that's an amazing business model. So there is a certain stickiness of uh, subscription-based companies, because if I had to pay for Netflix or Spotify every month, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But if it's a subscription, then I don't care. I just kept paying. So that's amazing for the cash flow of that business. A few things that you can act on. So check out Recharge if you have a Shopify store. Uh, if you have a WooCommerce store, I think that is an app or extension called WooCommerce Subscription, something like that. I just saw a conversation about this today on Facebook. And also you can uh, integrate Recharge subscriptions with a Zipify one-click upsell. And actually you can upsell a subscription, which is a very smart idea, I think. Also, if you uh, want to base your e-commerce business on, uh, on a subscription, make sure that you collect and measure your data correctly because it can really screw up your uh, Google Analytics data. So one tool that I can recommend is called Matrilo. Uh, you can check it out. Otherwise, if you need help with data, with uh, subscriptions, then uh, we can help. Check out thebudaimedia.com or drop an email to contact at thebudaimedia.com and we can help setting up your analytics for your subscription-based e-commerce. The next trend that I want to talk about is uh, personalization. So this has been uh, happening for a while, for sure. But uh, this year, I could see a major change because third-party data 
by these different pixel-based platforms, it's, it got really screwed by the new iOS 14 and iOS 15. And this is how zero-party data became more important. So what is zero-party data? When you don't ask, uh, sorry, when you don't get the data from your visitors and customers through pixels, but you actually ask them. You use a survey, you use a pop-up, or you, you use you know something else, but basically with their consent, they provide you their opinion and burst their data uh, or, or whatever you know data you want to know from them. But basically they provide it to you. So that's zero party data. And using this zero party data, you can really personalize things and make the experience better and more customized. And I will tell you about this in a sec, how it's possible. Before that, one more thing to mention. So omnichannel marketing, I still think it's undervalued, underutilized. So most brands, they are multi-channel or multi-channel. They are on Facebook. They are on Google. They, are, they use email. They use SMS and so on. But these efforts, they are not really interconnected. And that's the main issue. So you should be smart about using these different channels in an interconnected way. So, for example, you can send out email marketing campaigns uh, for Black Friday. And before the end of this Black Friday uh, campaign series, you can use SMS to create urgency. Very simple example. You can also... Uh, make the website more Black Friday relevant. You can create landing pages. You can send people to an email list. So this is just a very simple example. Uh, you should connect the, these channels. Regarding the personalization, I just want to mention the name of Octane AI again. You can check out their survey uh, and their uh, pop-up tool as well. It's called Conversational Pop-Up that uh, they just invented this year. So basically, um, this survey, but also their pop-up feature or pop-up tool, when you go to the website, there is a pop-up or there is a survey where you can drive your traffic and you can ask certain questions and they can reply. For example, uh, what pets do you have at home? Um, dogs, cats, hamsters, fish, maybe even horse. And people can pick something. Let's say I have a horse at home. I, like, I love horses. And then I will see relevant products afterwards. So, uh, and also I can subscribe with my email or with my phone number. And after I subscribe, I can see relevant products and I can even buy them. So that's the way how you can collect zero-party data and you can also personalize the experience uh, for your customers. Just a few more tips how to make it uh, more personalized for them or you know, just making it more wa warm-hearted, really. Uh, so send them a thank you email when uh, they buy from you from the first time. People really appreciate that. According to Clavio, the operate of these thank you emails it's uh, three times of the average, so over 60%. Also, the click rate is around 6 7%. The average, you can get even better numbers if your uh, copy is good. So make sure that this thank you email is uh, highly personal. 
it's almost like an email from a friend and uh, people really like if uh, it's signed by the CEO of the company or the founder of the company. You can share your personal story and uh, just try to make it really personal. As I said, it's almost like uh, talking to a friend of yours. Also, I highly recommend everyone that you should try out SMS. SMS, SMS is an intrusive platform. So, um, you know, it's probably, I would say, this is the most personal platform when you send a text message to someone. And also more than 95% of people will actually read it. So SMS, it's highly personal and respect the personal sphere of people. But I highly recommend everyone that you should also use SMS. Um, one more thing. So when you use email marketing, then uh, you should add a product feed to your emails and you can customize uh, what products somebody can see. There is a product block called recommended. Uh, I don't even remember the name. I think it's called recommended products, something like that. And you can... Uh, just add a product block into your emails when you use Klaviyo and then add recommended products and it's personalized for every uh, subscriber based on their past history. So I highly recommend these tools to try out and personalization will be huge next year. And my third tip is nothing else than a social commerce. So according to Statista, this year social commerce will be $37 billion in sales um, and next year it will be $46 billion. So I didn't calculate the percentage, but that's something like 20 or 25% increase only in one year. So if you don't get at least 20% from social commerce, you are actually uh, below average and actually you are not growing with the market, which is quite fascinating to think about. Um, also, I took here one, uh, one um, you know, the results of one poll, uh, which is uh, by uh, Don Brett, who is the global chief digital officer at NBG Home. Very nice role that he has. So basically, this is the this is the data, and probably a bit blurry. But basically what this says, so they polled many different people and uh, they asked the different uh, e-commerce business owners what they expect to be the next big trends. And uh, ex improved user experience was the first one and then more accurate consumer targeting across retailers and then increased range of options for creative content. And the fourth is a rise in social commerce. More than one third of people expect this to emerge. So rise in social commerce, what this means. So basically nowadays we have all of these big social media platforms and uh, people, they don't want to leave the platform and they don't want to go to a website. They want to stay on Facebook, on TikTok, on Instagram, and they want to buy there. So actually, they want to buy on the social media platform. They don't want to go to the website. And uh, we can see uh, that the social media platforms, they also want this. So, you know, they want the customers to uh, be on their website and, uh, and buy there. That's why TikTok shopping just came out earlier this year. 
in the US, UK and Canada. Also, there is Facebook Marketplace. I'm not a big fan of it, but uh, you can try it out. Uh, and of course, we have WeChat in China. So that's probably the biggest platform in China for e-commerce sales, WeChat. People, they just chat, they buy, they can pay with it. That's crazy. So many uh, Chinese and you know Western marketers have experience with China. They expect this thing to come to Western countries, not WeChat itself, but they think that Messenger TikTok will go into the same direction. Uh, they want people to pay and buy through the platform, not on the website. Um, just a few recommendations here. So I really uh, want all e-commerce business owners to keep their eyes and ears open and uh, try Facebook Marketplace. It's, if it's relevant for you, try to add shoppable Instagram feeds on your uh, website, especially if you have visual products. Um, also check out Pinterest for Shopify. Pinterest, I think it's very undervalued and uh, yeah, it's really undervalued, but actually Pinterest is one of the fastest growing selling machines now online. So check these out and uh, social commerce will be big in the next few years. And now if you are watching us, so this is the master show recording and uh, it's sponsored by Buddha Media. And basically I'm shooting content for our social media channels, podcast and blog now. And the next block will be a few images that I want to share with you. And I have these next to me. So I started reading a book and uh, Ogilvy on advertising. Actually, I got the original book and I really liked it. Uh, it was printed in 82, I think. So very old book, almost 40 years ago. It was written by David Ogilvy, uh, who has a or who had a big uh, marketing agency. And I just wanted to share uh, three pieces, uh, three. These these are I wouldn't say that his uh, three best or favorite ads, but I think it's quite close to the truth. So this is the first one. And I think this is quite well known, this one, this uh, Royce Royce advertising. Uh, this was written by him in uh, 1959. And uh, so this is the headline. And that's why it's genius. At 60 miles an hour, the loudest noise in this new Rolls-Royce comes from the electric clock. What makes Rolls-Royce the best car in the world? There is really no magic about it. It is merely, it's merely patient attention to detail, says an eminent Rolls-Royce engineer. engineer. So, yeah, at 60 miles an hour, the loudest noise in this new Rolls-Royce comes from the electric clock. Why is genius? Because Ogilvy did a lot of research on the on the audience, on the right customer profile. And this fact that at 60 miles, the loudest noise in the car, it's the clock. It's not really relevant for anyone except a buyer who is highly sophisticated and, you know, likes luxurious products and uh, wants to buy a Rolls Royce. And uh, he did a lot of research to figure this out. So that's why it's genius. The headline immediately picks 
selects the right type of people. And I think this is how good copy works, especially for luxurious products. It selects the audience. So if 1,000 people read this and only one person uh, would be the right buyer, then that one person will keep reading this because, you know, the headline just find finds or just found the right customer type and they keep reading this second one uh actually the text it's not very visible here so yeah here's the old volkswagen uh i don't know in english but in my language we just call it bug car and uh yeah so here's the headline which says lemon and think small and this was created in the 60s, I think, when this type of car just came out. And um, it was advertised in the US, this German car, in this way. And uh, Americans, they've, they've been famous about their big cars. Uh, it wasn't different in the 60s and 50s. And, you know, they, they had these huge Cadillacs and all of that. But uh, this small German car just came to the U.S. And uh, at first they didn't really know what Germans want, you know, with this small car. It seemed to be a small European car, very economical, very cute, but that's it. And then Ogilvy came out with this uh, ad. Uh, actually, I think I don't think it was Ogilvy, but somebody came up with this uh, type of ad that uh, they just write here that lemon and then think small and they just you know they went uh, to the complete to the completely opposite of what most american car makers did that time because they want to uh, they wanted to think big and then uh, huge cars and uh, the consumption of fuel is a big number as well while this car was economical, cute, and small, and just think small, and they made this uh, cool. So many people fa fall in love, uh, fell in love with uh, this car, and I think they could 10x the sales of this car to around three or 400,000 uh, units in a few years. So uh, they just made cool thinking small and buying a lemon car. Uh, and this is the last one. Avis can't afford dirty ashtrays. Why I really like this one and Ogilvy also did because I will read the copy. So Avis can't afford dirty ashtrays or start or to start you out without full gas of gas tank. A new car like a lively super torque Ford a smile. Why? When you are not the biggest in rent cars, you have to try harder. We do. We are only number two. So basically, uh, what they um, what they made cool is being the second on the market. They clearly knew that they are not the number one. They are not numero numero uno uh, on the marketplace. So they just started being authentic about it and being honest and uh, they told people that we are number two but actually that's why we cannot afford dirty ashtrays and uh, bad service while the numero uno can do that because they are just you know uh, complacent so 
very interesting. Uh, I think this this uh, this is similar to the Lemon car. Uh, Volkswagen made it cool to buy a small car and think small, and Avis made uh, cool to be number the number uh, two on the marketplace. So, yeah. In the next block, I will talk about our poll from next week about SMS marketing. So last week, last Thursday, I posted a poll on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and I asked people what is their uh, favorite SMS marketing tool. And uh, similar to email one week before, we got uh, quite uh, different answers. So there is no clear winner here. Um, this was the result on uh, LinkedIn. So basically, Clavio was the winner, but also Postscript and SMS Bump uh, got a few votes and uh, something else. That was the fourth option. It also got a few votes. And this was on uh, Facebook. So people mentioned Postscript. They also mentioned Attentive and uh, Clavio as well. So, and actually SMS bump. So, you know, there is no clear winner here. Uh, what we use at Budai Media with my team, we use SMS bump, but uh, we also tried Postscript with a US client and actually we didn't find it much different. Um, probably the reporting is more solid. And uh, we also tried Clavio SMS. And actually, we are ahead of trying Vcart SMS. They just uh, um, they did the pivot this year, and now they uh, just built their uh, SMS marketing service as well. So yeah, if you want my opinion, so SMS Bump is great because it can be used in uh, almost all countries of the world, while the other tools are uh, limited. Postscript is a very solid tool, very solid reporting and segmentations, especially with Shopify. It works quite well in the US. By Clavio, I think probably you know that huge email marketing platform and uh, you can integrate it with their SMS tool, which is great, uh, but it's limited to the UK, US and I think uh, Australia only. So uh, that's the only problem with with their uh, SMS marketing tool. So this is about SMS. And now the last section of our uh, show today. So I came here today with uh, two quotes. Uh, the first one is by Jeff Bezos. There are two kinds of companies, those that want to raise the price and those that want to lower them. So I found this quote this week and I really liked it because to be honest, if you think about it, every business, every business owners, um, they have their prices now, but they want to do something about it. So they either want to raise the price or they want to lower it in the future. And Amazon is the company who always wanted to lower the prices. But for example, marketing agencies, they usually want to raise the prices. So it really depends on uh, where you come from. I would say 
as a rule of thumb, most companies without investors, they should uh, go after uh, higher prices. But those uh, companies who have investors who want to be on scale, to, they want to uh, use economics on uh, scale, the, they usually go and uh, lower their prices. So I really encourage everyone to think about it and uh, just decide what is your uh, purpose you want to raise or lower your prices in the long run. This other one is uh, from OGOE. So as I said, I started reading his book and what he said, so on average, five times as many people read the headlines as read the body copy. And that's why I don't say that you should spend five times more. Uh, you shouldn't spend five times more to write the headline, but I would st I would uh, still say that at least you need to spend the same amount of time to write your headline as you need to write your uh, body copy, because <clears throat> the body copy might be you know five hundred words, two thousand words, whatever. But the headline, the headline sells the article, the email, uh, the ad, or whatever you are creating. And uh, good copywriters, they all know that. They do a ton of research to find out what is the best headline. And uh, I highly recommend everyone that uh, you should spend time on it, come up with at least 10 different variations for a subject line if it's email, for a headline if it's an article or an ad, and uh, come up with 10 variations at least. And then you can A-B test two or three of them if it's possible, and then you will see who is the winner. But, you know, put the work, put the research into it. Uh, find out what works for your audience. And uh, this is a crucial part of uh, copywriting. So this was our uh, live show today and recording, which was sponsored by Budai Media. And... Uh, if you want to con uh, if you want to listen to more content like this you want to learn about retention marketing e-commerce website conversion rate optimization then uh, go to our podcast the ecom show go to our website and blog the buddhaimedia.com and also our uh, second ebook will come out soon i'm pretty excited about it uh, playbook 2022 and uh, i will share many many tips there also, my team will share case studies there and uh, how you can improve your e-commerce store and uh, your marketing overall. So that being said, thanks for listening to me uh, today and uh, stay tuned, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called top 3% e-commerce email marketing or check out our website thebudaimedia.com The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.